Listen up and take a knee. I didn't budget for 40. Never thought I'd live to see 30. Now I'm 50. Tired of the horse shit. It's time to throat punch the weak sauce that masquerades as manhood 20 years into the 21st century. And I better start with my own. Welcome to St. Hank's. This is the American Badass's Guide to Everyday Sainthood. And who am I? Well, I was killed twice on basic cable by Bigfoot. And I could parallel park a school bus. But don't worry about that. I'm more knucklehead than badass. Somehow, after misplaying nearly every hand that life dealt me, I'm sitting here at the final table, the money round, the cash game, with a huge stack of chips. But those chips are worthless unless I push them into the middle of the table. Unless I commit, really commit to something. So let's worry about who I'm trying to become. And that is Hank. You do it as tough as it is possible to do. And you do that in all things. I don't know who Jake Cutler is. Oh, you Hey, if you want a father, I'll give you a spanking. Popcorn. Hit the yard, me. If you could, you would. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. Where have all the good men gone? And where are all the gods? Where's the streetwise Hercules to fight the rising odds? Yes, it's a cheesy 80s hit very 80s. Heavy synthesizer and a white gospel background chorus. Probably a song Meatloaf passed on in the late 70s. But there's something to it. I was 13 when the song Holding Out for a Hero came out. There's such a thing as an age where songs get in and then you carry them with you, whether you like the song or not. This song was part of the soundtrack for the movie Footloose, the Kevin Bacon version, as if there's any other version. But I didn't see it. Bacon's body double barrel rolling through a barn and swinging from a 60-pound chain. Sarah Jessica Parker just wanting to dance and sticking with her big lug Chris Penn until he figures it out. Bacon and Chris Penn ceiling stomping and boot scooting. Playing chicken with farm equipment by a flooded ditch. The whole farming community exploding in a burst of choreographed dance, confetti, and Kenny Loggins. Never saw it. Couldn't have handled it. My slight, barely teen frame would have buckled beneath the testosterone boost. But the song. I've been told I'm what psychologists refer to as an adaptive adult. That means that, as a teen especially, I watched people who were like something I wanted to be or did something I wanted to do. In this case, I listened. I'd listened to rock to learn how to get the girl. I listened to the blues to figure out how to handle loss especially the loss of the girl. I listened to the Rocky soundtracks and watched montages to learn how to work out and convince myself I'd learned how to fight. I listened to songs like Holding Out for a Hero to figure out what girls wanted. What were they looking for? I'd already seen the scene in Tootsie, where Dustin Hoffman in drag asks Jessica Lange what she wants from the men who approach her. Later, Hoffman, out of character and just a dude at a party, approaches Jessica Lang and says exactly what she said she wanted to hear. She throws her drink in his face and storms off. So I wasn't going to be asking girls what they wanted. And here we pivot from the innocence and naivete of youth 
to the head-shaking experience of adulthood in lyrics from the drive-by truckers. Rock and roll means well, but it can't help telling young boys lies. So I listened and I watched and I learned that you had to be able to fight, dance, rope, ride, drive fast, and maneuver. Shoot like a champion, but drop your belts for a little mono e mono when that was called for. Sweet talk, hold your liquor, work an honest day, hold out until you've earned a girl's heart. Stare in a fighter's stance with only a slight squint against a winter breeze at a future that only you and your girl, your one true girl, can see. One which you will build yourself with your bare hands and defend against the inevitable challenges from lesser men. And I thought you had to do all that just to get laid. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong about that, fortunately. All those ideals, they're just that, ideals. They only show up in movies sometimes, and in real life, almost never. Guys like Hank, guys like my rancher grandfather, like Howard from my Everyday Saints Club. They checked a lot of those boxes, but never all of them. I first watched and then met one guy who had a lot of them, maybe all of them. Before Footloose, before Tootsie, before the teen years and the problems of navigating relationships with society and females, I don't know what little kids think about these days, but I hope it's sometimes an imagined future where they are the heroes of their lives, where they can rise to any challenge, overcome any obstacle, and with the help of a few good and talented friends, make the world a better place. A respected elder of our community predicted while I was in grade school that I would grow up to look like a cross between Charlton Heston and Gorilla Monsoon. More than 40 years later, he's not wrong. And while I admire Heston's acting chops and his ability to bring the true classical heroes to the big screen, and when I was growing up to the small screen every holiday season, And I admired Gorilla Monsoon's ability to come off the top rope and slap an opponent with a couple chops, knock them into the red with a Manchurian splash, and finish him off with an airplane spin. He was nobody's idea of handsome. And I wanted to be at least somebody's idea of handsome. They were both guys I could see being friends with my dad, not somebody I could aspire to, adapt myself to be. And then along came... Flash Gordon. Tall, square-jawed, chesting up the challenges of this and other worlds. Like I already suspected I myself was, he was a bit of a rube. Not the smartest, but tough and athletic, loyal to a fault, resourceful, a born leader. That was something I could relate to. And he had all that great hair. The joke is that the nurse in the hospital when I was born had to decide which side to part my hair on I had so much. And I continue to. If nothing else, Flash Gordon gave me good, solid direction on what a young man's hair could look like when he had more of it than Nebraska has corn. Important stuff for the small-town Montana boy who's looking for an identity in movies and on the radio. Throw in that theatrical soundtrack with messianic overtones, songs by Queen, and rock and roll told a lot of lies that day. Backed up by Hollywood magic. The only thing wrong with Flash Gordon as a character was, and and I'll assume this is because the producers were Italian, they thought the pinnacle of athletic American manhood was to be quarterback of the New York Jets. Well, it had been more than a decade since Broadway Joe won the Super Bowl, and well, 
the Jets are the Jets. The Bears hadn't yet had one of the all-time seasons of the modern NFL, and those Italian producers, they certainly did not know who Jay Cutler was. But it's a minor quibble. One Flash redeems himself from when he puts a shoulder into some Mongo cake eaters and front runners in the palace of the merciless villain. Strangely enough, years later, I was returning some DVDs to an iconic rental shop in one of America's great cities. The DVDs were on their way out, nearly gone, in fact. But I had a few reasons for keeping things going with that technology. Maybe we'll talk about that one day. One of them was just to have an excuse to hang out at Scarecrow Video for a little while. It was cool in every way possible, right down to the fact that a lot of the independent artists and musicians whose work I was into worked there, including the lead singer of the Maldives, who, in an inspired bit of marketing, referred to themselves as the country band named after a country. But I digress. I was returning a movie one day at the end of April. The weather was sunny and pleasant, and I walked up to the store. From blocks away, I spotted him. Red t-shirt, blonde, new wave flat top. Someone trying for all the world to look like Flash Gordon. Except, I learned as I approached closer, he wasn't trying. He was Flash Gordon. Or he was Sam J. Jones, which you'll find out is even more impressive. Why go into great detail about this incident? One, because Sam J. Jones is a great guy. He did an interview for a radio show a buddy and I did on a small AM station. He recorded our first and only celebrity promo for that show. And he invited me to be his personal guest at the Cinerama's 35th anniversary showing of Flash Gordon. It was a great time and a great lesson. Another quick digression. One way that I did grow up to be like Flash Gordon. Sam J. Jones has had quite a career, starring in movies and TV shows. Before that, he was a Marine and a semi-pro football player. If I remember right, he was a Seahawk for a while. But he had a fallow period when the roles and offers were not coming in. During this time, his wife approached him to say, you're not an actor. You're a family man. You're a working man. If there weren't any acting jobs, he still needed to get a job. As somebody whose career has taken detours into home building and being a seasonal UPS delivery guy, I could definitely relate. So, Sam J. Jones got some high-level training and now owns and operates a security company, an international black baseball cap and smoked-out window security company, armed guards for corporate executives. And then the TED movies came out, and Sam J. Jones is experiencing a bit of an acting renaissance. Now, I want it to be the next Flash Gordon, John Wayne, Muhammad Ali, the next Jim McMahon. Flash should have been the Chicago Bears quarterback or the next Chris Mullen. At least I wasn't fooling myself that I could jump. I couldn't be like Mike. So I shot for trying to be like one of his complimentary, his favorite complimentary dream teamer. One thing I learned from hanging out with Sam J. Jones over the course of a couple days, I'll never be Flash Gordon. At more than 65 years old, he's still taller and more square-jawed handsomer than I am. He's still tougher and strong enough to throw me through a wall. We're not rock stars, people. We're not infidels. We're not matinee idols. We're not race car drivers or reclusive billionaires. Most of us aren't what we thought we'd be. But we don't have to be. By now, we should know who we are and who we are supposed to be. So be that. 
do that in spite of some resistance you may encounter. The resistance may be superficial. Sometimes you just have to hank through it. Be the bull elephant and trudge through a little discomfort. I'm not saying quit your job to write a screenplay. I'm saying work at what's in front of you. Do the next indicated thing. Like Sam J. Jones, who knows what's waiting for you when you're done building a business? Make the big time where you are, but keep that North Star on your horizon. Plus, what's more creative than business? You create jobs, you create a legacy, you create opportunities. I dated a few women who thought it was really cool that I was a writer until I needed to sit down and write. Some of them didn't like that too much. I remember some of the resistance a lot of guys I coached with ran into when the the season started. Yes, it's a commitment. Yes, it takes you from home. I know some guys might use work or coaching to avoid responsibility at home, but not these guys. You don't grind hard and do the thousand little pieces of dirty work it takes to have a winning program to go home and suddenly shut that off. That's a switch that's on and stays on, or it's off and stays off. This wasn't specific to gender either. I've seen lots of female colleagues, coaches, and administrators get static from their significant others because of what really is a vocation. My question was always this. This is what's at the heart of the person you love. I understand there's pressures, but suppose this resistance works. Suppose you get what you want. What then? The person you're with has stopped doing something that's part of their integrity as a person. That's been a foundation of who they are, as long as you've known them. What happens when they give that up? Misery. Doubt. A crumbling of the foundation of the person you're with. I don't think either of you really want that. So once you know who you are and what you're really about, stick with it. Even through the hard times of resistance, don't be selfish Don't be neglectful, but bring a little Flash Gordon to the fight to be who and what you really are. You may not, as the song says, save every one of us. You might not, as another song said, be the Superman to sweep her off her feet, but you can save yourself from mediocrity. You can see what needs to be done in your household, your community, your world, you can do it, at least a little bit of it. Don't wait until you're qualified either. You don't need to dance like a young Travolta, write like David Foster Wallace, or throw a punch like Clint Eastwood. Just be whatever the room you're in needs. Be the grown-up. Speak up where you need to, or know when to keep the peace, but keep moving and do the next indicated thing. Quit holding out. You can be the hero to somebody today. But you need to have the courage to stick it out. When you're done, turn your shoulder just the littlest bit into a fighter's stance. Squint into the distance at a future only you can see. Help your partner see it too. Then go build it with your bare hands if necessary. This has been a lesson from St. Hank's the American Badass's Guide to Everyday Sainthood. I hope you were listening. This will be on the test. Farewell, Youth of America.